0: know if that cut me off so i I said hello twice (laughs) welcome back to another episode of funny girl i'm genuinely sitting here for the past like eight to ten minutes thinking how is any of the stuff i'm about to say going to be funny it's it's not necessarily this like make or break commitment of mine to make sure that there's some sort of thread of humor through everything it's more so that like i know i show up to life and that is the like general spirit that I bring with me but there are days especially as I get older days upon days where I'm not funny at all and where I don't find many things funny and I don't even pursue it it used to be the like loud like megaphone freaking rave music playing for my face almost 24 7 like there was a time I even got broken up with in like during a movie, I was watching a movie with friends, left for five minutes, got broken up with, came back in, c- continued to watch the funny movie, and uh, felt like a normal night. <laughs> but today doesn't feel funny. And, and again, I don't know how... It's sort of one of those things, it's probably how I feel when I listen to like My Favorite Murder, and that I'm able to laugh and also feel the depth of, like, sadness, and we, I won't get into, like, everything about why I, I consume the things I consume that aren't funny, that somehow also are a release for me or a channel for me, but one of the biggest forms of release for me, since I can remember, has been talking, and for some reason, for probably a few reasons, it is very easy for me or a lot easier for me to talk to me and you you're here, but you're not really here. You know, like I'm in my closet, I'm staring at the sleeve of a white sweatshirt. Like right now you are the, a white cuff, (laughs) you know, you are, you are my hamper. (laughs) You are my velvety green stool. Those are things in my closet. Um, I feel alone. I'm I'm like I'm holding my iPhone in my hand, you know? I'm I'm sitting here on a on a pink floor pillow and the meat from the ribs that I had for dinner is is making pretty audible sounds in my stomach, and that's what's here with me. But for a lot of my life, I have been good at, maybe even better at communicating through my feelings on my own and because of that it's stuff it's something that I avoid a lot because I know that if I get alone with myself and and this is probably true for almost everybody that I may not have all the wisdom that I need but I'm going to have all the honesty that I need and and then some so I know that if I get alone with myself and start talking, it can get, it can go from numb to feeling everything in a, in a minute, <laughs> in a very short amount of time. And I think a lot of us are like that. Um, we can't really lie to ourselves, especially when we're alone or when we're not like watching a TV show that's distracting and... It's easy to even look into the eyes of someone that we love and want to spare them from our darkest thoughts and our deepest, most scary insecurities or things we haven't even really figured out yet. It's At least for me, I'll say it's easier to be alone and talk through something. And as I go, start out wrong. You know, start out by saying, you know, the worst thing. And slowly, I guess even at least, I wouldn't say unashamedly, but with less shame, chip away towards something that is honest. And I would say 10 out of 10 times, um, as emotional as it can be for me to get alone and let my thoughts happen, (laughs) um, I don't regret it. It is always profound. It's always... Um, it's always something that I needed and had and needed for a while. And as soon as the conversation with myself is, feels over, or feels like I run out of words or I've run out of tears or energy or whatever time, <laughs> everything, um, I feel better. I feel like I've let something go, but I let so much build up inside of me a lot because I feel like I don't know how to react to it. I feel like I don't have enough information to respond correctly. I feel like I don't have room or permission to to talk about it, to approach it. I feel like I don't have maturity or access. Or I, it feels like it, my response now would be out of... Would be one I regret. Like one out of anger or something like that. And so I hold a lot in because I want it to either... Never happen and pass, you know, whatever it is. Like, don't work through it. Don't try. Just it will you'll forget about it (laughs) or um, I will become more mature and I will have a better response. And I struggle with that because that may be true. There may be things that I'm glad I have been silent about or that I haven't spoken about because they are private and I don't need to, you know, say everything but it is so hard because almost every time you hear the phrase, like, some things are better left unsaid, it's always that, like in the parts of TV shows and movies where you're like, yeah, no, actually not. That's not the right thing. Um, that phrase is just something that is often, it's sort of like that thing that's used to to reveal the fact that there things should be said, things should be brought to light like things shouldn't stay in the darkness whatever the darkness is so I think what I'm trying to say is that there are sometimes there are many times actually that I'm not entirely sure where my darkness is meaning I'm not sure what I'm keeping in the dark on purpose and 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 waiting for it to be like ta-da or here it is finally or I've been working on this um because I've been told and I'm aware that I have been someone who talks and is open and says the things. But I think the more true version of myself is that person who does have a lot of darkness and is just so used to it that I feel like it's all in the light. But that's not true. It's just that I'm so used to the dark that I can kind of see in it pretty well. Um and wow, if you hear anything from my stomach, it is literally the ribs that I ate for dinner. I had salad and ribs, both cause gas, you know, no, no dairy was involved and yet I will have gas later. So it's just stewing in there, you know? Um, and today has been one of those days where my anxiety has come forward and, and and most days I have a little bit of anxiety. That's because of my ADD and procrastination and all the things that come with anxiety. And I would say depression, just um disordered day, which creates a lot of chaotic systems. <laughs> I wouldn't even, I don't even know if there's a system. There are some parts of my day that are reliable. There are some parts of, I shouldn't even say my day. There are parts of me and the things I do that are very reliable and very ordered. And there are parts of me that are very disordered and very disorganized and very, um, yeah, not reliable. I am not a reliable person in every area of life. And so I compensate for that in certain ways, but that still creates, um, anxiety throughout my day. And, I think some of the time it's exacerbated by disordered eating. Like if I just wake up and I decide to eat sugar first thing in the day, like I eat a muffin or I eat cereal or I have a sugar sugary latte, you know, th- those types of things can set my day off into a into a a path of anxiety and and stress and tears. It's not always PMS, but sometimes that coincides with PMS um or hormonal things and then sometimes that is as we all know right <laughs> then that there's that like third or fourth or fifth layer that comes in from the outside that's a text you weren't expecting that's an old trauma coming out of nowhere to just fuck with you or it's a a new issue in front of you that that pulls a little bit at some of those strings of our rational fears that we all have and um or or just something new that is a little bit new and foreign, and all of these things sort of come together and and can create more of a stormy day. I I think I'm gonna call it. There are some days that are like partly cloudy. There are some days that are totally sunny, and I have a handful of things that really help me work through my stress and anxiety. Um, overall, I would say like the you know if someone were to ask me like. What's the one way you work through your anxiety or your stress? I would say for me, the one thing that works without fail is naming what it is that's stressing me out and either deciding it's something I need to share with a person because I don't know how to fix it. Like say, Hey, I don't know if you know how to help me with this. This is the thing that's scaring me. I don't know how to fix it. It's really scary. It's usually for me, it's a pride thing. So I have to say it's not scary. It's something that's embarrassing. And or I have to accomplish the thing because it's really scary like the first few years I did my own taxes I would have days where I was just sweating bullets and like and oh my god making the worst choices ever just because stress was making choices for me and I was sort of it was sort of cyclical like I'd make bad choices create more stress and then make more bad choices that created more stress and because of this one thing that I decided to not to stay, to keep in the dark, um, which is learning how to do my taxes because I felt embarrassed that I just didn't know how, like I wasn't born knowing how to do them. I still don't know how to fucking do my taxes and I've been doing them for a long time. (laughs) And I, every single year I run into hiccups where I'm like, wait, what is this? How? You know, it's it's a lot harder than the days when I, you know, would just type in a few numbers and get a a check from the government. So today I was confronted with a lot of stress in the morning and in the morning, if I wake up stressed, which may or may not be a common thing for you, it's not often exacerbated by nightmares or whatever I don't I that those two things are sometimes related or correlated or um, feeding from one to the other but um, I just woke up stressed today and I couldn't really think of why and eventually things came to the surface of my mind that had been stressing me out and I was like oh that is stressful that might have been weighing on me is that what's creating that thing and again, bringing things out of the darkness and into the light. And then new things occurred today that that stressed me out and created an anxious response in me. And um, everything in me heightened. I don't know what all the chemical names are. I probably should know. (laughs) Um, But it felt like my body was boiling. It felt like my brain was sizzling, like, and like steam should have been coming out of my ears. Like the way when cartoons get angry, except I feel like, it, that was just stress and maybe stress and anger, or similar feelings. Cause I was definitely hot. I'd spent the morning cold. Like I was freezing. I had socks on, which is not a normal Brooklyn thing. If you know me, me and socks don't hang out very much. That's a rare occurrence. Um, but I was wearing socks. I'm wearing a jacket and a sweater in the house sweats. <sighs> Anyways, I was boiling and I was taking care of stuff this afternoon and the whole time I was just uh, like shaking my leg and like tapping my pen and I had loud classical music playing and I couldn't stop. Like I bit all my fingernails off, like not the entire nail. I would I would definitely seek medical help if I had bitten off the entirety of my nails, but you know what I mean. And I bit at my lips so much that they're raw and... um. I had weird blood sugar feelings all day because my body was, I think, burning through (sighs) more calories than usual and I was pacing a lot um, and just feeling overall like a failure. And a lot of my stress either is spawned by or manifests just feelings of failure and feelings of feeling stuck and feeling like... um, I don't have the answers that I need because I'm an idiot or because I could have had the answers, but I threw them away like some kind of treasure map or something. Um, or I used to know and then I got lazy or I should know and I keep making bad choices. Like I wrote this um, a couple of weeks ago, I think now I wrote this list of commitments or promises that I'm making to myself because of the mistakes that I keep making over and over again. And they're not like sins. I think I would have called them sins when I was like religious. Um <laughs> it sounds it's weird. It's going to be weird every time I say sentences like that. Just for for a long time. Um or a short time, I don't know. Anyways, I they're not like Masturbation, or something like that. Like, I lied again. It's more like, um, you know, it's like I'm just thinking of a random person. I'm like, okay, say your friend Rachel always lets her car tags expire. And then she's like, okay, this time I'm going to remember. I'm going to set a thing in my phone. I'm two years from now, like, my tags are good for two years. I'm not going to let it happen again. Next thing she knows, she's like, I did that again, like I even saw the the notification come on my phone, and I totally like swiped it away, I saw the second one come up, I swiped it away like i i i made the i made that mistake again, and it was a mistake that was so avoidable kind of thing. I do that stuff all the time, and I know to err is human, and to me that's that example is something that um is representative of probably a much lighter, like a lighter mistake. But a lot of the choices that I make that create anxiety anxiety in my mind are probably easily avoidable to others. They feel heavy to me. So that's something that another person may know how to avoid or just simply never they're like that doesn't plague me i just make the choice and i never do that thing again or i've learned my lesson and i always make the better option or i always remember or i always choose wisely at at least that arena so and when i i should at least say if anyone's thinking like i'm talking about food or food choices that is not it (laughs) <laughs> not condemning myself for like eating a cupcake or something. <laughs> it just crossed my mind that I think I've talked about disordered eating or my weight before. It's not like I I keep making the bad choices of eating ramen. No, I don't give a fuck. No, 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 no. Um, so just that's crossed your mind, that's not it. Um, it's more so like career, career, um past career, trauma saying yes to same old, same old. So a really good example without getting into too much of present day stress, because I'm, I'm working on releasing some of that, but we'll talk a little bit about it. Um, when I first moved to Bend, I babysat a lot and, and more than I, more than I wanted to, I wasn't like a passionate child person. I wasn't like, I can't wait to hang out with your kids. I really pretended to, um, I pretended a lot to enjoy hanging out with children. And I, I not del- I didn't like it. I was, I'm an only child. I don't have any siblings. I didn't learn from a young age, like how to care for like younger children around me. I'm so used to peers or elders and that's pretty much it. And not an excuse. It's something that I was, I was down to learn about. And I felt like I was good at faking. Like I, I felt like kids had a good time with me. I was a part of like children's ministry at church. Like I was, I felt like it was just because I didn't like it. I was looking around at like the results, the fanfare, the, the, you know, just the atmosphere around me and everyone was having a good time. So I babysat a lot. I got pulled into stuff with kids a lot. I held a lot of babies. I hung out with a lot of 3-year-olds. Did a lot of puzzles. You know, wiped a lot of boogers off things. And part of me part of me then not to go too into it. It's probably a whole conversation felt compelled because of certain Christian things. like wanting. I didn't feel like I ever wanted kids or wanted to be motherly. So I was like, this will teach me. It's probably just because of my inexperience that I don't want to have kids or that scares me or feels wrong. So I'll push myself into the, or allow myself to say yes to these opportunities and then I'll get better at this thing. So um, I said yes to babysitting so much. And then as the years went on, I thought... I really don't want to do that anymore and I don't really have to. Like get paid enough at my job. Honestly, the babysitting stuff I did early on, a lot of it was not I'm not shitting on the people who offered me babysitting jobs. They did it. Um, they needed time out of the house, out of the house, I'm sure as parents, but also a lot of the time I know it was because they knew I needed the money. So people would hire me a lot in a row because they could, they'd like go on three date nights a week, you know, some weeks just to give me that nice little bump in pay for the week. And so that was awesome. But as the years went on, people would ask me to babysit out of a normal question, like here you go. And I kept saying yes, even though I knew I had committed to myself to not saying yes anymore, to passing on those opportunities to someone younger, someone who liked it, someone who in our youth group, whatever, just a teen that I knew who was like, I'm trying to save up money for a new car stereo, bitch. (laughs) And I, I kept saying yes. And it was this, I was trying to figure out, like I'd come home from a babysitting night And I'd just feel so drained and I'd be like, Brooklyn, why'd you do that again? And I'd feel so stressed because then I missed out on what, four to six hours of work that I needed to do or alone time that I needed or friendship time. And I was was then going to like Sherry's at midnight with friends and catching up till 4 a.m. and coming home, going to bed at 4.30, waking up at 7.30 to get ready for my job at Sears Optical. And then at 7.45, I'd walk to the bus to get the 8.15 bus to get there by 9.30, which is crazy that it's four miles away and then have to wait around to start my job at 10 and get off at 5.30 and do the same thing again. And I had six jobs at once, and not including babysitting at one point in time. And I remember thinking, I gotta, I gotta streamline this. I am drowning. I am drowning, and I'm also barely making any money. I need to figure out a lot of stuff, but one of the things I need to figure out is just more sleep, and more alone time, or downtime, and less time doing things that drain me immensely, which is, which was babysitting. And I just kept saying yes to it. And then I'd get more stressed and then I'd get more anxious. And then I'd see people at church who are those people that would often ask me to babysit. And I'd start to try to be busy with a conversation and, and find another way or like run out of church early or like lie, lie and be like, I have a 8 p.m. dentist appointment that night. I'm so sorry. Oh, man. And so I I learned that lesson pretty hardcore. Eventually, I was just like, nope, no thanks. Goodbye. Don't want to hang out with your babies. Um, you should probably stop having so many if you're having a hard time, you know, finding anyone who wants to watch all seven of them. And I'm not kidding. I There were people I, I babysat for who had that many children. Um, and at some point, the older ones got to just start babysitting the younger ones, right? I don't know. Anyways, Christians, right? Um, so... I learned that lesson and th- those are the kind of things I wrote on this commitment list, this promise list that I made to myself where I was like, "Here's here are the things that you're going to write down and not, I guess, mindlessly promise to yourself, but like you're going to promise to yourself these things. And I think it was a list written with good intention and a good heart, but um, it's still not necessarily the answer uh, to not making these mistakes I need to get more at the root of what causes me to say yes when I mean no still still um even though I am very aware even though I have learned and seen the fruit from the better option which is a no or a true yes that kind of thing I I have seen it I have tasted it, and it is good and so Today, I'm, you know, I was working through a couple of different things that were causing me stress because I opted today that the stuff that I'm going through is just too much to explain and too much to bring other people into and I'm not even really sure like who to bring who and how and it all... <sighs> It's hard to explain, but you know how you just sometimes see a battle and you're, you're handling it and it's in front of you and it's so scary and you wish you had help, but you're like calling someone to help me with this, um, also stresses me out to try to explain it to them, to try to even figure out who should be helping me and then to allow, and then to have to watch them help me with this would also stress me out that's not always the case, but that was a choice I made today. And there's probably a better choice. Um, But I don't think that every battle I have, I can bring someone else into. Like I don't have a partner in life. And I think a parent would probably be really helpful at this time, but I don't really have one of those and I'm trying not to cry. (laughs) But it's days like today, I really want that role, that person in my life who's just sort of in my stories, no matter what. And, um, I think I, I don't, I, I think it's wrong for me to sit for too long and say, I wish I had someone that doesn't exist. (laughs) Someone that's never existed really. I mean, my grandmother was very close to that role. Someone who I, would go to on my extreme anxiety days. Um, even my, even my minor anxiety days and she would help me. She was a very like logical, sensible, calm, sort of like, um, like calibrating and balancing kind of person. Disarming as well. (laughs) But, She's just that kind of person that you'd like go to with your stress and know that it's not necessarily going to create a lot of havoc for her. Like she wasn't this like extremely, she was sensitive, but she wasn't this person who was going to maybe become, um, stressed out or, or hyper, a hyper version of the emotion you're experiencing, um, she wasn't this like opposite person. she was incredibly empathetic, and so she'd go with you into it. Um, so i I find myself on days like today wanting to have someone to to bring to invite into what I'm feeling and not knowing really who or how to do that in an honest way. I feel like it may just be that I don't trust myself to be honest with anyone but myself. Um, like if I, if I start to bring someone into it, I will then, you know, halfway through the journey, be like, anyway, that's all I needed. And I'm going to drop you off right here at 7-Eleven and enjoy your hot Cheetos and then drive away. Like I I wouldn't finish the, the, the process, the journey with them. Um, not a lot of people see my ugly. Not a lot of people have the responsibility, I guess, or the, I don't want to say privilege, but not many people have the role of being able to see my ugly. I get to hide a whole bunch of it. And a lot of people see a lot of ugly. So that tells you how much there is. (laughs) Um, So today I just thought I'm going to handle this by myself. And I did the best that I could and um, kind of realized when I'd hit my max, like you've done all you can to sort of alleviate the things that are causing you stress to, to, for lack of a better word, cancel some of the things that are causing you stress, even if it is, um, damaging. But at the end of the day, not, not literally, I mean, I guess literally we are at the end of the day. I realized that, oh my God, it's 11 PM. Okay. Didn't know that either. Um, I guess so. Yeah. At the end of the literal day, I'm still stuck with that fact of, wow, why do you keep getting into these situations or why haven't you figured things out? Why haven't you conquered these demons or whatever you want to call them? These, these things that keep coming up and stressing you out. And that thought process creates a lot more stress and a lot more anxiety and sadness. And I feel it and I'm so aware of it. I'm so aware as I'm hearing the thoughts swirl around in my head and bounce off of everything. I'm like, you don't belong here. Get out of here. Like, you are making this worse, okay? I'm trying to work with the good parts of myself, the strong, capable parts of myself to work through this hard stuff. We don't need you in here creating more of a mess, it's, but it's hard because there's just so many, I feel like, coming out of every corner. So I it became overly aware today that that little commitments list I made for myself was, like I said, a a, a good effort and came from a pure place, I think, of just like, I want to help myself. Um, It's just one piece. And it's not this, okay, I figured out these promises I'm going to make to myself to no longer I don't know feel stress or anxiety. I can't even produce that. I can't even that's that's not a possibility. I think that's not something I can I can promise myself that I'll never feel anxious or stressed again about these things. Um, the more that I unfold, the more that I grow up, the more that I enter into maturity or whatever you want to call it. And it, in two days, I will I'll be 32. Um, the more that I step into this, the more that I still see that there's, it's sort of like I am laminated dough, you know, when they make dough on the great British baking show or, you know, any cooking show, it's dough and butter and folded over and over and over and rolled over and over and over together to get, create these like immense luxurious layers so that when you bake it, you just see flaky, flaky goodness, and I'm like that dough. and the more that I unfold myself, the more that I get to my good middle gooey, ooey, gooey, yummy parts, I also still find layers of other things from the past. Layers of the trauma, layers of the stuff that I learned as a child to be able to cope. And one of the layers I learned today was just that, um, among many things, was that growing up and spending so much time alone um, as a child taught me to rely on myself really well. Um, I don't know what I mean by well, I guess just confidently, fluidly, skillfully, um, rely on myself and trust no one else, but, but make sure everyone else feels trusted. Um, Make sure everyone else feels like we're all having a good time. And then when I can be alone, I can feel the real things. So when I shut out the world and have those hard conversations with myself, like in my bathroom and in my shower and in my bed before I go to sleep, it's like I'm a kid again and I'm finally confronting the fact that the stuff I saw all day was scary or the stuff that people don't know I overheard on the phone blew my mind and, and made my world feel, um, terrifying. Um, and I had that one person, you know, I had that one person growing up that I could go to, I think on those really hard nights where I felt like I could really trust her. Like even my grandmother, the person that I think is like God, that's <laughs> just like Jesus on earth with me. Um, there were even times where I thought like, don't tell her that. Don't tell her that. I think we're like that with everybody. I think we, I think even as a Christian, I was like that with Jesus. I was like, don't tell him that. (laughs) That would freak him out or wait till the right moment to tell him that. And then the idea of, you know, Jesus that I had the time was that he already knew everything anyways. So (laughs) I don't even know what, how that mindset worked but with my grandmother i i knew i was aware that i was telling her things that she was hearing that she may or may not have known about she was pretty aware of me um but as i got older i got i got even better right like as we all do got better at concealing the the things but also the more that i concealed as i got older the more that when it would erupt it would be worse So I remember in high school, in public high school, um, I had intense anxiety and I would have, I would miss a lot of days of school, especially mornings of school and come late. Um, because certain classes, I'm, I'm definitely that kind of person. And I I think there are people like me, I, I've only learned this about me because I've heard stories of, of other people. And I'm like, Oh shit, that's me. (laughs) Um, people who try things and then stop, stop them when they don't think that they're going to be really good at them rather than keep continuing to go forward so they can get better. And I, I, I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck that is in me that won't try I don't get it. Like it's like the opposite of whatever an athlete is, <laughs> like someone who goes, "I'm bad at this thing, and I will continually work hard forever and ever and ever, and never feel like I'm perfect, but I won't stop." Like, what? <laughs> oh. that's a g- <laughs> that's a gift I wish I had. That's a skill I want to learn. I don't know what this opposite thing is in me that makes me decide. I cannot continue. I must, you know, grenade respawn this whole situation. I have to blow this up and start all over because uh, it's not going well and I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to work harder to make it better. So it's over. Um, and that's not in every single area of life. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not an, I'm not an unreliable person in all areas of life. Um, but there are some areas specifically to things that really do matter a lot to me. Um, I think maybe it's, maybe it's because they don't matter to me. Maybe that's why I do it, but why don't they matter? (laughs) Anyways. So I've, I wanted to just, I already had a different podcast episode planned for today and it was going to be, and I'll, I'll record it, um, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. I don't know. But it was going to be the stuff I would have studied in college, like if I could go back (laughs) and (laughs) just a detailed explanation of like the things I I nerd out about and I'm obsessed with. But instead, um, today's been entirely stress and sweat and anxiety and me looking up to the heavens I no longer believe in and being like, what the hell is going on? How do I make this stop? How do I stop myself? How do I uncork whatever's plugged up in my brain? Or how do I how do I make therapy fix me? How do I, you know, do the right thing to just is it the food I'm eating? Is it it's me looking for answers everywhere to try to figure out why I'm tormented by imperfection? <laughs> that may be a very Enneagram three thing for me to think. It could be an Enneagram one thing as well, but, um, I feel like I'm tormented by, uh, imperfection is like the, like, very, like, you know, wise thing to say, like the, the tweetable thing to say, but I just, on a very real level, it's like, I just feel consistently bad at life. And, that is juxtaposed against parts of my personality that tell me I should be really good at life um I don't feel like I am a fuck up I don't feel like I'm supposed to be one I don't feel like I'm supposed to be fucking up in these particular areas of life that I am I don't feel like I'm supposed to be stuck I don't feel like I'm supposed to be and that could be my narcissism um that could be things that are this really scary parts of me that are like, I deserve to be famous, (laughs) like like, exacerbated by, by certain things. Maybe that's it. I'm not, it's like half of me is humble and half of me isn't, and they constantly beat each other up. I don't know. That's a thing. (laughs) Um, yeah. I feel like in thirty years I'm gonna have like two more lessons learned, thanks to my therapist, therapists, and I'll be a little bit smarter. <laughs> like I listen to Karen Kilgariff. I definitely of the two, I'm way. I'm definitely a Karen. If you listen to my favorite murder, I am this sort of know it all whose greatest strengths create the problems in her life. Um. And I know that there are things that are my gifts, and I let them become the things that harm me, versus the things that like plant beautiful things in my life. Um, I have really good ideas and and bad execution, and um, yeah, I I just want to get a little bit better. And I know I have been, and in hindsight, I am not that girl saying yes to babysitting every other day when I really don't want to be I'm not that girl who overdrafts her bank account every six days and has to ask someone in her life for money like my friend Nathan paid my rent once not my rent some big bill um I'm not her but I don't feel like I'm far enough away from her to be less afraid um I feel like there's still a part of me that's like, I destroy things that that matter. And um, on days like today where some things go wrong or I get stressful text messages, I don't know how to respond and, and I'm afraid of my own changes. Like I'm afraid of the fact that I said I was bisexual yesterday online and that I, <laughs> and that I, continually just share little bits and pieces of the fact that at least right now I am not a person of any faith that's it's weird and scary and it's inviting other people into that conversation it's scary in and of itself if you've ever been a part of a faith system or if you are a part of one you know how much it means you can't fathom losing it ever going away And then being a person who at one point in time in my life thought being attracted to someone of the same sex was a sin. (laughs) Like, you know, my own changes are still scary to me. And I'm still looking for, you know, answers and communication and support where I can get it from safe places. And I... I don't know how to welcome the like conversations of how can I pray for you? Or I noticed that you said this or what do you mean you don't believe anymore? Have you read like, did you just stop reading your Bible? And why haven't I seen you at church? And I'm like, I don't know how to have all those conversations either. Much less confront the fact that when I look in the mirror, that that Christian self, that old self sees a person who's deplorable. And maybe that's a big part of it maybe that's where I have to leave it probably tonight because that's got to be a big part of it and maybe I need to go sit with that. Maybe I need to save that for a day where I feel like I have the energy to work through it. But there's still a part of me that spent so many years learning to accept certain things and hate other things. And I have become a lot of the things that I would have hated as a teenager and, um, or older (laughs) and I've become the things that I, you know, and I, and I, I don't know entirely how to figure that out because I think it takes time for the most part. But anyway, I feel like this has just been a really stressful conversation and I'm really sorry if it was, if it was that for you. Um, I have this luxury of talking into my phone and, and some people listen to it and I don't want it to be, I, I, I deeply desire it for at the end of the day, as even though, like I said, this is a podcast called Funny Girl. <laughs> um, I'm not in a season of life where making others laugh is the priority. Honoring who I am is the priority. And having honest conversations is the priority. And I hope that this felt like one because it was. (laughs) And, um, I edited myself very little as I spoke. I don't edit these ever in case you wondered. I don't, I don't go in and cut things out. That's never literally not happened one time. Um, so whatever you hear is just me talking into my phone and, and then hitting, hitting record once and then hitting stop once and that's it. Um, and I know that a lot of the feedback that I get is that these are honest conversations and they're, if you ever feel like it's talking out loud back to whatever speaker that I'm playing out of or headphones, um, please do that. Um. Open your mind up to having a conversation with me if if you need that. If you need to say, yeah, I get that. Or, uh, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> Feel free to ask me. Um, but for whatever reason, you hit play on these episodes and you want to hear me talk. And I want to make sure that you taking that act is something that I honor by by being honest with you. And by being maybe a little bit scared and very, very much open. Um, I hope sometimes I make you laugh here and there, probably not this episode, um, because I feel awful. <laughs> I had a bad day. I've had a shitty day. I've had a bad month. Um, and in the midst of a pretty rough year, I can s- say and know that I'm going to survive I do think that, of course, as I'm sure you've had on your bad days, where it feels really unfair. It feels like you've already been through a lot. I know I feel that way. Like, why do I have to be the one that keeps surviving and being the better person and figuring out my trauma and like handling my shit and growing from it and transforming and overcoming and rising above and still having to deal with all this, you know? Like, despite all of my shit, I also feel like I have to sort of lead the way, pave the way, some kind of fucking thing. And those thoughts came to me today where I'm like, why do I have to be the reliable one? I know I'm unreliable. Can I just be unreliable and fuck up and have someone clean up my mess? <laughs> um, It's exhausting to continually survive. It's exhausting to to thrive. It feels good. Yes, it's worth it. Hell Yes. Um it's the best option absolutely I know that through and through I will never choose any other option for myself other than um taking care of myself and trying to choose the best things and um doing the hard thing Uh I w- I won't choose the other ones even if I want to, even if I feel like it's unfair that I have to keep, you know, taking the high road or whatever. But if you feel that way, I just want you to know I feel that way with you. Um, it's it's It fucking sucks to have to keep getting back on the skateboard and falling. You know, it sucks to have to keep getting back on the horse, even though it's going to buck you off. It sucks to be the example. It sucks to be the one in whatever spotlight you're in, even if it's just like your sibling who who's looking up to you, or your children, or um, your partner, or your mother, um, or your coworker, or, you know, a couple people in your life, whoever that is, or it's just your younger self. It is so hard, so hard to have a day where it feels like it's just a day from the outside. There are probably people listening to this or who have seen me and been like, okay, well, she says she's stressed, but like, you know, is it really that bad? You know, like try having this problem, you know, try having that problem. I know that there are people who have heavier, more traumatic things going on in their lives. I know the fact that I have a brain that works and a heart that beats and legs that move and arms that work and not a disease slowly killing me. You know, I have a lot to be thankful for and i i i know i can hold that to be true while also hurting today and feeling broken by today and feeling broken by occurrences in my life and feeling sad and worn out um feeling feeling so raw and cut open um from the changes i've gone through in the last year two years feeling so scared of the future and who I will become continually by showing up to life by the things that are going to cause me stress next week and the things that that feel so fragile right now that I feel like I'm just barely holding on to this little glimmer of hope feels like a little I don't know like (laughs) immediately maybe I'm just on like bake-off mood but I think of like a What's that Swiss meringue, like that really, one that's like really easy that to shatter? I feel like that is so many things in life. Things are outside of my control. And I can care for them, but they are going to break. They're going to at least crack a little bit, um, with or without me. And then there's just me breaking and cracking, you know? And trying to do what I can, like I did today, to just take back control of what I can and say, I'm going to face this battle. I'm not going to go lay in my bed, which is what I really want to do. I'm not going to go to sleep for three hours, which is what I really want to do. I'm not going to let my headache make me, you know, choose really bad choices today um, or get distracted or go online shopping or whatever I would do to just to just spark a little bit of like happiness drug in my brain. I'm going to just fully face the things that are Blowing my mind today, stressing me out to no end, apparently. And I'm going to defeat them. I'm going to wish they were never born. (laughs) I'm going to rise up and say, okay, well, you just fucked with me. So watch what happens. And I feel tired still. I feel tired and I will feel worn out. I feel proud a little bit for being able to have figured out the things I figured out today or worked through some of the things that were just stressing me out but I also feel so defeated <laughs> I still feel so defeated I want to just like lay in a I want it to be like a hot summer night and I want to be like floating in like a nice cool swimming pool in someone's backyard just floating looking at the stars um, I feel like I need to be weightless for a little while because um, I feel like I I'm like 3,000 pounds of just weight and pressure. And I still feel it, but I know it's important for me to talk these things out. And I, I genuinely appreciate it if you've been listening because I share not only to get alone in my closet and and do that thing that I know it's important to just not be afraid of all the words that need to come out. And not be ashamed for being a talker. And fuck Zach. <laughs> Sorry, not you if you're Zach. But this guy named Zach once told me that um he I think he called me like a bulldog or something, um, because he was like he was surprised that my face didn't look like a bulldog because it should be really muscular or something because I talk so much, or that I don't have like lock jaw from talking so much. I don't know. But anyways, fuck Zach for saying that. Um and sorry if you're surprised. I don't remember if I've cussed a lot in previous episodes. I know I did in this one, but I cuss. So I apologize if you were you were listening to this, you know, in a classroom full of, you know, second grade second graders at your Catholic school. But you know, next time choose a different podcast, I guess. Now you know. Um, (laughs) and I share it not only to get it all off my chest and talk loudly in my closet, but to also perhaps create a little bit of space or an open opportunity or crack open someone else to get alone in their closet and talk or, um, just not feel alone or just not realize that like they had a bad day and it fucking sucks. And they're, you're, we're all going to go to sleep tonight and we're going to wake up and have a whole brand new chance. And that's the beauty of it. <laughs> and yes, there will still be stress tomorrow. Yes, there will still be whatever happened today doesn't end with today. I don't start all over entirely with a new life and a new name. <laughs> um, but there is something about a new day that is pretty magical. And surviving to get to a new day is a gift so we are moving on to a new day, and then the day after that, and then the day after that, and then the day after that, okay? Um, I'm here with you through the hard things. Uh, I wish the things weren't so hard, though. <laughs> and I hope that we feel lightness soon. I hope that we feel beauty soon, if we don't feel it today. And if you did feel beauty today, if you felt light today, give it away. Um it's really cool how, how easily both can spread and um, I think light and, and it maybe it depends on how you share it. But if you felt beauty today, if you feel blessed in life lately, if you have an abundance of anything, anything, not just money or food or whatever, but if you have an abundance of anything, share it. Share that shit as soon as possible not just for others sake, but for yours too. It will be, I, at least from my experiences, sharing your abundance is one of the greatest riches of life. So I love you Till next time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. Bye.